The Green Knocker Podcast is a not-for-profit podcast where we do not accept money for guests to be on the show or for our opinions. We actually pay money to do this podcast because it's fun and we like to bust each other's balls. So stay tuned and here is the next episode. Is this not what you've been waiting for? Have you not been entertained? Pete from Furniture by Pete. Bill from William Patrick Customs. This is Grey Knockers. Right here, right now. What's up, everybody, and what's up, Grey Knocker Nation? What up, what up, everyone? Furniture by Pete here. Episode 4, we are live for episode 4. No special guest today. We are live on Instagram, and we're ready to kick off a fun episode, something different, going live tonight. Uh, Nick Keys at Key Woodworks just said that this could be a train wreck. I could agree with him. It's a very strong possibility. But hey, you know, that's what happens when you go live. Something can happen. But today, guys, we got a fun, we got a fun show, right? So check it out. We're going to talk about evaluating yourself as a woodworker. What part of woodworking are you happy with? You know, your skill set, what part uh, are you not happy with? What do you need to work on? And is there something that you want to attempt? Something that you haven't jumped into yet, but you really want to, or you're intimidated by it or whatever. So we're going to cover just an overall evaluation of yourself as a woodworker. What do you look for? How do you, are you harder on yourself? You know, what do you want to improve on? Things of that nature. Yeah, and are are we just going to stick to, like, skills, or are we going to get into, like, marketing, business? I mean, do you want to just keep it to woodworking? Because I think we can yeah, go on just, and on about woodworking and, and the, like, the skill of it. Yeah, I'd like to just uh, stick with woodworking because I'm sure that we'll cover business stuff on another episode. Okay. So let, let's just stay with, you know, woodworking, you know, in general when we're in the shop. What are we happy with? Uh, you know, and what do we want to improve on, you know, critiquing ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, just so everyone knows, like Pete said, we are live on our Instagram. Every time you see Grain Knockers go live, be a part of the show, participate. Right now we have uh, 20-something guys and gals following us, and they will um, definitely get some input into this episode, and uh, it's going to be fun. So Pete, why don't you start off, give us an example, but try to keep it short because you go on for hours and hours talking. What's one example of something you really want to work on for your craft? I think um, something that I'm happy with as a woodworker, you know, when I look to see how I've grown is I'm happy with my glue ups, my my seams when I'm laminating piece t- uh, pieces together, when I'm doing tabletops and gluing boards together. So I I am really happy with how far I've come along with my glue ups and having nice tight seams and clean pieces in really looking, having it look like a professional piece of furniture. Okay. That's what you, that's what you want to work on more. No, that's what I'm happy with. That is well, something the show, that the show isn't about what you're happy it with. Is, more it on. is. I just, the show's about hey, what you're shut, not is, happy shut up, with. This is my topic. No, no, this is my topic. I told you it's about evaluating yourself, what you are happy with, what you're not happy with, what you want to work on, what you want to attempt. All right. So do I start off with I'm happy with too? Is this like a phone call to mom that you never made and you just want to express yourself to everybody? Hey, so, what, so what if I have mommy issues? Okay. That's <laughs> that's another topic and I don't appreciate you bringing up my personal life. <laughs> okay. So something I'm happy with. Um, I grew up, I probably said this before, my, my mom owned an antique store. So I grew up finishing things for her all the time, finishing all the antiques, repurposing, refurbishing. So I would say one thing that I'm good at is my finishing. Now, I'm no rustic duck, okay? Let's not take it that True. far. But um, that's one thing that I'm really solid at. Let's see if someone on Instagram can uh, post something that they're real good at we can put out here. Yeah, guys, we want to hear from you out there. What do you? What are you happy with You know, when you look back with how far you've come along in woodworking in however amount of time, whether you've been doing it for a month, a year, a couple of years, what is something that you're really happy with, with the progress that you've made? Nick is happy with the progress that he, he does wear the shit out of that apron. No one I'm wears telling it. You, no one wears it better. When, when you look back 
at when Nick started wearing the apron and when he wears it now, he's on point now. Truth. Uh, We got two two by four dad. Uh, If you guys don't uh, follow Shane, go check him out. I totally agree. Next to Amanda at Rustic Duck. Shane is one of the best finishers I've seen. So he is happy with his finish game. And I can't even argue with that because Shane does some of the best stain mixtures, uh, you know, paint uh, mixtures and, and that, you know, that fading, that antique brush or whitewash, or whatever. I mean, Shane just kills it. So, yeah, um, Muldoon's Woodworking says I can sharpen a pencil like no other. Damn. Oh, you know, I, I tell you, I can respect the pencil sharpening game for sure. Are you, a, no, do you use I, an I actual have, sharpener or do you use a blade? I, I, I use do. a blade. No. No, no, I've got the old school, like, up against the wall in the classroom sharpener in my shop. I'm like, oh, nice. I sharpen away, dude. What else? Who else has got, who who else is proud of themselves out there? Uh, somebody brought up, uh, I'll have to scroll back through, but somebody brought up, uh, it looks like it was CJ. Oh, CJ, uh, brought yeah. up. They brought up, uh, and, and Shane did too, uh, like, overall designs. And, and that's a big key because designs and vision for your project, I'm sure everybody, you know, struggles with that in the beginning about, you know, what they want, you know, the end product to look like. So that is absolutely something you can approve on and be happy with. If you've got a vision for it, you know, now something that just comes into your head, I mean, you're way ahead of the game. If you already have, you know, that idea, what you want it to look like before you even get going. I agree with that. And let's stay on this topic for a second, because I think this can go both ways, whether you're good at it or you're not. Like CJ just commented, going to a client's house and designing or creating something that's going to be a perfect fit. Because I think we can all say that if you've ever worked with a client before, what they come up with in their head sometimes doesn't always work and it's not feasible. So when you get in there, it's a skill to be able to find something uh, or create something and make it look good, but also functional. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, it's actually one of the reasons why before I take an order, I require a meet and greet at the client's home because I now, after being in so many homes and making so many farm tables, I know when I walk into the room now, the size that I would recommend putting in there and I get a sense of their style. It's funny. I can't do that from my home, but my own, my own home is like just, it's bland. There's nothing in it. I've made like two things, but I can go into someone else's home and know exactly how to, how to make it, the color I would pick, the finish, the whole nine yards on it. You have to be careful though, because in that aspect of things, you have to leave your personal taste out of it and you have to, just have the ability to create something that works for the space and asking questions to a client like, okay, are you guys going to paint this room? Okay. Are you guys going to put hardwood floors in this room? Will there be any changes in the next five years to this room? And sometimes they look at you like, "Mm, I don't know why are you asking? Well, because it'll help me design and create something that works best for you. Yeah, absolutely. I take those things into consideration. I look at their current decor. Usually you can tell when you go into the room if either, uh, from my aspect, I know when I go into the room, I know whether or not the table is going to finish the design or if the table is going to start the design. That's a great and, point. And that is a, and that's a huge difference in how you approach it. Because if they say, you know, cause they'll tell me right off the bat, they're like everything in this room is going. I'm like, okay, then let's, you know, let's sit down and tell me what you want. What do you envision in your head? And that will help me decide how I'm going to finish it and what colors to suggest. If they've already done everything, the painting, the decor, whatnot, they're like, we just need the table to complete the room. Then we pull aspects off of the different items in the room. CJD brings up a great point that's completely relevant to this. And especially if you're new, when dealing with clients, Don't always tell them what you think. Ask if they want your opinion. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes clients have this vision. And if if you're not riding that train with them, they don't want anything to do with you. You know what I mean? You've had that client. We've all had that client. Yeah, I have. I usually tried to read them first. I'm I'm kind of, uh, even though I tend not to have a filter, I do watch what I say and how I say it. 
And based on how I see them react or laugh or whatever, then I kind of know, okay, now I'm kind of free, you know, to say and do whatever. But no, I, I agree. I mean, listen, in the end, it's, it's their space. It's not mine. Have you ever so, had, have you ever had a client tell you, um, they want it done different from what you recommend and then you finish it doing it their way. And then at the end you put your pride aside and you're just like, you know what? They were right. I was wrong. I'm glad I listened and didn't push back too hard. Uh, that usually has happened with a color choice. Okay. Where, where they picked a color stain and I didn't think it was going to work in the space. Then all of a sudden I bring it and it's finished and it finishes off the room and I take a step back and I'm like, you know what? You make, you made a good choice. Have you ever been so confident in something where you do stand your ground with a customer? And I don't, I don't really have a specific example in mind, but, um, and it backfires and you lose the gig or the job. No, I've actually had the total opposite. I actually had, I had a customer pick out, um, a, a color sample. It was a two tone table. It was an off-white cream base and a stain top. When I finished it, I took a step back and I did not like how they played together. I know off-white is one of those things that goes with everything, but I remembered their home and there was just something about it. I couldn't put my finger on it, but it didn't work. I knew what color would. It was like a shade or two up on the darker side on the palette. If you know, if you're looking at like a, like, you know, as an example, like if you just took like one of those paint things from like Home Depot, you know, it was, you know, second from the top, whereas they picked second from the bottom, that type of thing. And I called them up and I said, I, I, I can't explain it, but it doesn't work. I know what will work. Can you give me free reign? And they told me absolutely go for it. And I did. And it was a winner, but I stripped it down on my dime. So I didn't charge him for it. I could have easily said, hey, that's what they picked. But I just it was something when I I just didn't like it. It didn't work. And I knew that it wouldn't work in the room. Yeah. Um, Sam Wise said, have you ever walked away from a client? Personally, I have not. I um, have. I've kind of avoided them to the point where they just stopped calling. <laughs> like uh i'm really I've busy walked, i'll call you back uh, yeah i'm, I'm at I've yoga walked away from i've walked away from my belief three three total yeah three total i've walked away from and out of, i think out of the three that i've walked away from i think two of them i canceled the order after the fact whereas the first one i declined the order after i thought about it and then the other two, I actually canceled and gave them a refund sometime later because they turned into people that, you know, they weren't the same people as when I met. So I just, you know, that's not just the type. I'm very picky about the type of people I like to work with. So out of everybody, only three. That's not bad, actually, if you think about how many tables you've done and work you've put out. I can remember one job where a customer wanted a pine outdoor table. So an outdoor table made out of pine and like the cheapest possible. They wanted a table for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And I just told them I wouldn't do it. I mean, if you know it's going to fail and they're going to keep it outside in Chicago, I'm like, do you guys plan on putting it in the garage at all? Like in the winter? No, we'll just, we'll just seal it. Okay. All right. I'm not your guy. Yeah. The one that I walked away from, she wanted me to build her a sideboard to match her current dining room table. And it had turned legs. So I had to replicate the turned legs, which wasn't a problem. My problem is, is that the sideboard, because of the side of the room, the sideboard was only going to be, I believe, it was either 12 or 13 inches deep. So it was not a big sideboard. So I explained to her that in order for the design to work, I can replicate the, the legs, but I have to scale them down mm -hmm. because, you know, because the legs on her dining room table were really fat. It was a big dining room table. And I tried to say that, you know, I won't, you don't do the same size legs because the apron on the side is, was literally only going to be like five inches. You know what I'm saying? Like they would have been too close together 
it wouldn't look to scale. And she agreed. And then I did a sample leg and she goes, but that's not as big as my dining room table. And I said, you don't understand. I told you that that's what, and that's when I realized that she wouldn't get it. You know, no matter what I said, it wouldn't translate to her. So I walked away from it. Yeah, that's happened to me. Not a lot, but it's something we always run into. All right. So that's, that's kind of a good discussion about customer interaction and stuff like that stuff to work on. What about? Yeah, I want to I want to jump back real quick because uh, you know you had said uh, earlier that you were happy with your finishing, and that's actually something that I want to work on because I am learning how to spray now. Right. Well, and, I've been doing it for so long that as you get more equipment, like you just said, a a spray system, it's a different, it's a, it's a totally different way of doing something and you have to reteach yourself. It's not a brush. It's not a foam pad. It's not a roller. It's not a spray, uh, spray can. Who calls it a spray can? It's not spray paint. Um, well that, that's you. That's not me. That must be a Chicago thing. Yeah. In the city, that's what we call it. But, um, yeah, getting into spraying, uh, you need to learn a lot. And it's it starts off with equipment and the care of the equipment. If you don't take care of your equipment, especially with like a spray system, doesn't matter about paint or anything else. I want to uh, I want to jump off topic here because um, we have uh, a, a question that I have a good story about. Uh, Muldoon's Woodworking asks us, have you ever dropped or damaged a piece of furniture at a client's house? I'll, I'll, I'll let you just answer the question real quick because I'm sure the answer for you is no. I've, I've never done that. And I'm sitting at my bar in my shop knocking on wood because I know yeah. it's going to happen now. Okay. So it happened to me one time. It scared the crap out of me. Wait, what because, was it? What was it? Okay. It was the second ever tulip dining table that i ever made and it was i think it was nine feet long so i'm like okay it's way too big for the back of my truck so i put it on my trailer i don't know if it was like because the trailer bounced around so much but when i pulled up to the driveway at my uh, client's house i looked and the the tulip had separated from the base oh. completely oh and I had a heart attack. So, yeah, it had separated completely. And the husband came outside, get ready to help me unload. And I said to him, I said, hey, I'll be right back. I just noticed uh, a spot on your table. There's a mark on the finish. I want to take it back. I'll finish. I'm like, I'll see you in like an hour. And so he didn't see it. Now, luckily, the break was so clean and perfect. I was able to glue it, clamp it come up from the underneath with like some lag bolts to really secure it. But from then on, that was the last time I've ever used my trailer to deliver a piece of furniture. I don't give a shit how big the piece of furniture is. It's going in my truck. I will not have it on the trailer. Well, how did you put it in your trailer? I mean, I use a trailer all the time. I guess I'm just not a moron. Yeah, I, dude, I don't know if it was just like it bounced around a lot. I have one of those trailers, that, you know that Harbor Freight trailer that can fold up? That's not a trailer, Pete. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, well, it is a trailer. It's I mean, a trailer you, for a lawnmower. It's not a trailer. It's not like a That's haul, not a, It's not whatever. a cargo trailer. Dude, I was literally, I'm going to the next town. It was nine feet. I mean, I just, I used what I had. I don't have a cargo trailer, so I used what I had. It just bounced around way too much i think and it just broke right on a scene and dude i was sweating so bad so bad so yeah so to answer the question it's happened to me one time luck was on my side that i was literally able to fix it within like the hour you would never if you looked at it right now you would never know that it broke i think all i got of us so i got i got so lucky I think all of us have probably messed up a project in the shop, but you have to be some kind of special or have some bad luck to ruin it on the way or at the customer's house. Have you ever have you ever like dinged drywall or something like the the wall of the house with the table? You know, the husband's helping you carry it in or maybe it's the wife, who knows. And then the, no. they're like they're all over the place and you're trying to like avoid the walls and it's like 
nope, that's never happened. I've never like dinged a wall and I've never, you know, once I've got it in the house or on the, like carrying it into the house, I've never damaged it that way. It was that one time and I quickly caught the guy before he came over to the trailer and I just drove back home and fixed it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what you want to work on in the shop. You said, uh, finishing your, your finishing yeah, is something you want to work on. What specifically just spraying? It, it is. It, it's, uh, it's spraying. I really want to work on that and try to get that down because I'm seeing right now not only how good it can be, but how much time it can save me. And, you know, I had no problem before brushing on my finishes. And, like, in the end, like, they look great. I'm really happy with the end result. I just want to get better at spraying so that I'm more comfortable with it. And I know that that's going to come in time. Um, but you know, I want to get comfortable enough that I can kind of move up to a better gun, maybe, you know, maybe jump to a Fuji, if not a Fuji, maybe jump to the, uh, the Erlax or something. I do have that Graco, but I, I don't love it for clear coat. I think for paint, it's going to be good, but I don't love it for clear coat, but I did get some pointers about how to make it better for clear coat. So there are a bunch of things that like I'm you know, I, I'm not comfortable enough in the finishing process where I'm ready to experiment with other guns and other tools. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's trial and error. You got to almost get through like four or five projects um, before you really start understanding the tool. You know, I mean, tip size, you know, you understand the concept, but until you're pouring what you're spraying through the gun and through that tip, you really don't understand how that ratio of air and material are going to take. Um, mm -hmm. So it's all trial and error. You'll, you'll get it. You're not dumb. Well, I, I don't, I don't, maybe you'll get it. Yeah. So how about you? I mean, what, what's something that you're doing right now that you kind of want to work on? Um, I, well, I don't have a domino. So I, I do a lot of, I, I guess I do dowels and stuff, but uh, I do more. I want to learn more old school joinery. You know, like old-fashioned joinery. I think that's really cool. I think um, I think good higher-end customers like that more. Um, I have a friend who is amazing at it. He builds gigantic pieces without using one screw. It's just amazing. And uh, mm -hmm. that's something I would like to get into a little bit. What about um, you see anybody on Grain Knockers Live that is uh, commenting on what they want to work on? Well, no, it's, you know, Alabama Woodworker asked, it kind of gets into like the third part of the question where he says, what are techniques joinery wise that you want to add to your arsenal? Now for me, it's not that I want to add to my arsenal, but it's something I just want to be able to do. You know, like I'm not one of those people that says I want to get into the hand tool game. You know what I'm saying? Like I really just want to learn hand tools. I want to learn them just so I kind of know how to use them when the time comes for a certain job. I don't want to learn how to use hand tools really well because that's how I want to start building. I just want to have the skill set. So for me, it's hand cut dovetails. Nice. I want to learn how to do I want to learn how to do really well hand cut dovetails, especially you know when you when you're getting into like those smaller drawers, drawers that are only like three to four inches tall. Um, you know, and I'd like to do like, just like a couple of the really like the, the fat dovetails, you know, like two big ones. It, they just, they look really cool. So that is something that I want to work on that I want to try to learn, uh, in the future really well. I have an idea how to do it and I've done it before, but I think that that is something that I just, I kind of, I want to add more to my projects. I like the look of it. Being full time, both of us, I think managing my time in the shop and I don't mean that I don't do anything or I'm just sitting around but like multiple projects at one time you know I thought about it a lot I think about it every day I do a lot of small stuff like you know I do flags and uh, signs but I also do tables barn doors whatever sure I think that I could be more efficient and get more done without burning myself out does that make sense sure absolutely yeah yeah efficiency I think is tough uh, for everybody, because it kind of um, it goes back to uh, you know what we talked about before in the previous episode, where one day you feel like you're super efficient, 
and you're getting things done. And then the next day, everything just kind of goes wrong and derails you. I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't know. I, I think woodworkers, to a certain extent, can only be so efficient because you're just always going to have those days that throw you off the rails. What I'm saying, someone asked to elaborate. What I'm saying is when you start a project, you mill your material and you get it to where you want it to start to build. Well, mm -hmm. if I'm ripping on the on the table saw, can't I spend 5, 10, maybe even 15 more minutes ripping that second project at the same time to sure. to just be more efficient and then move on to the next step? Um, it doesn't mean I have to build two things at once necessarily, but I think that I could, if I prepared myself better to do multiple things at one station of the process, I think I could be more efficient. Sure. Today I, um, you know, I'm working on a, um, a 48 inch round table. And in the past when I've done the round tables, when I've done the pedestals, instead of doing like a half lap joint on the top and the bottom for the feet. I have used the domino to connect the smaller part of the feet, if that makes sense, if mm -hmm. I'm describing it right. Yeah. So I've used the domino to do that. Today, I half lap them. And I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, it's a half lap. And I did that for the first time today. And not only was it quicker i thought it was better and easier to you know assemble and glue up and whatnot so that that's an example of just something that like i tried because i wanted to try it and not only did it succeed but it ended up proving to be more efficient to your point mm -hmm. than the method i was doing before yeah um people were saying batching that's what it's called thank you that was um Alabama woodworker and Southern sawdust ink. Yeah. Batching. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I actually did that today too. Cause if you saw my post, uh, yesterday with, uh, the million things that were glued up on the floor, that was actually for two tables. So what I did was while I had the dust collection running and I was on the joiner, well, I flattened and jointed, you know, sides for everything that was glued up, not just one table. What I would do before is just work on one table. Right. Well, I had, I had everything there, so I'm like, oh, screw it. I'm already on the joiner. And then when I took it over to the planer to, you know, make the sides parallel and the whole nine, I did it for both tables. I'm like, all right, well, I got the planer out. They're both relatively the same size. They're a little different, but it was just a question of just readjusting the, you know, the planer. But I was already there. Yeah. So, yeah, so now that's good to go. Now, like, I can literally assemble those legs tomorrow if I want while something's, uh, you know, drying. I don't have to do it. Yeah, Cedar River Furniture brings up a good point. No, but time is money, and that's absolutely right. Sometimes you need to knock something out and get it done. If you can do a table, let's say you do a table a week, right? Well, if you could do two yep. tables in a week and a half, that's being more efficient. But if sure. one customer needs a table done, like Cedar's saying, you need to knock it out. And then there's another good point on here. Woodkiss Furniture says, I try to do that. Sometimes it backfires. Truth. Thumb. Yep. Thumb, our buddy Thumb, says, how about putting the tools back in their proper place when you are done so you're always knowing where it is? Well, shit. Did I wish I could do that. I mean, I do okay. it, but I, we could all get better at that. Hold, hold on a second. Can we back up one second? You, you just called him Thumb. I said correct? Thumb? Well, you said Thumb. Who the hell is Thumb? Isn't his name Thub? Thub, yeah. You said it's yeah. You said Thumb, and it's Thub. But first off, it's not even that. It's T-Hub. Yeah, whatever. T-Hub, Thub, not, Thumb. It's not Thub. What Jesus, the hell is Jesus, I got thumb? a Chicago accent. What are you talking about? You can't hear the A's. Even there's not an A in this name, I can't say it. Yeah, well, you know, pay attention. Do you it's think anybody can understand what you're saying, Boston? Hmm? No, but that's why people laugh at me. That's what like, I'm supposed to not make sense. Mac Wood says, oh, Pete, no flat brim for you, bud. Oh, no, Mac. I am rocking the flat brim for you and uh, Nick Keys. You know Mac's eating pizza right now. Nah, dude, it's not Friday. Friday is like all you can eat never uh, ending pizza for Mac. It never ends. I don't know where it comes from, but it never ends. I agree, though, with the uh, the putting tools back, man. I, I It's like the dumbest things, too, because, like, how many of you out there, seriously, 
like you'll be on one project, but you'll use five tape measures because you just forget where you put the tape measure. And so you just know where one is and you'll go grab that one. Right. Because that happens to be all that. Now, it doesn't happen to Nick because everything's in the apron. You just got to go look in the apron. If you have an apron, everything has a place. I seriously, I will totally, I'll be building something and I'll use every tape measure I have because I always forget where I put it. Or I lose at least two pencils a day in the shop. No doubt about it. You use two pencils a day? What are you, eating the thing? Go inside and get a snack. Stop eating lead. That explains so much. I, I am the worst when it comes to losing things in the shop. Happens to me all the time. So Joe just said I lost I lost one tape at least. So I think what's trying to be said there is I, I lost a tape once a month. Yeah, see, Nick has one pencil, one tape. That would seriously last maybe thirty five minutes in my shop. Yeah, I'm I'm with Nick on this one. I just put my pencil down, I don't eat it, and I put my tape down yeah. and I just reuse it. Wait a second. I never said I ate the damn thing. Right. You just let's, said you went through two pencils a day. I know I, you no, make a I lot said, of stuff, I, but you're not making lose, that much stuff. I lose two, like it, whether it's in the sawdust, it falls off the saw and onto the ground or under the scraps. I find them eventually, but I definitely lose them. So, um, okay, so we've gone over some things that we're good at. We've gone over some things we want to get better at. We've gotten some yep. input from our IG crowd, our Grain Knocker Nation. Yeah, we, yeah, we have. Uh, this episode, we did not, we did not want to have a guest on. We have so many guests scheduled, uh, but we didn't want to wait to put on another episode. So Pete and I were talking, and we're like, we got to get the uh, Grain Net Knocker Nation involved. And Pete, you came up with this uh, topic tonight. I love it, and I think I've learned yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think um, what we're gonna do from now on is uh, each of us uh, near the end of the episode, and we're gonna start a board to kind of keep track of it, but. Uh, we're going to shout out uh, to you guys, uh, one person, each of us, uh, who, you know, we think each of you, know, you guys out there should go follow on Instagram and show some love. And I think it's, a, you know, it's a good way for us to, you know, show some support back for all the support people are giving us. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great to recognize everybody else, too. Um, there's so many people that influence how I do things just an Instagram for the short time I've been on it doesn't necessarily mean I copy them because uh, I don't I don't believe in that at all but uh, I definitely respect how they run their Instagram do you have guys that you just you they might not even do stuff like you but you see how they run their your their Instagram and you're like that guy or girl is good oh yeah no doubt about it I mean that's why you know, uh, we talked about this before how, you know, I'm not into construction, you know, decks and whatnot, but I follow a lot of contractors just because I kind of dig how they set the whole thing up and run their feed and do their stories, you know, all the different aspects of woodwork. And I kind of like to see how everyone gets into it. Yeah, for sure. So who are you going to use as uh, your recommended follow for today. Okay. Um, so the person I'm going to recommend you all follow, uh, he happened to be on here tonight. I don't know if he's still on, uh, but Alabama Woodworker. Uh, I actually talked with him last night. I had a great talk with him. I had some questions as far as like YouTube and video content, and he took the time to just kind of, you know, answer everything my way and just just a good dude. I love his feed. He's got an awesome shop set up. And the one thing that I love about him and I told him last night is when I first started following him, you guys all know that my big motto is to take pride in your work. Everything he does, you can tell he cares about every little detail for every project he makes. He, you know, he's just a good, solid woodworker. He's got a great feed. He's a nice guy. So go check him out at Alabama Woodworker. Just, just awesome. Yeah, I don't. This is hard because there's a lot of people that I like, and I just don't know who to pick. Well, good. We, we, well, good because we have many and more episodes to pick from, but you only get one. I only get one. 
So I'm going to say, are we going to ask each other yes or no questions? It's sort of a tradition. We should finish off the show we, with yes we, or we no could, questions. We, 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 we could try that, but why don't you spit out somebody to follow, a-hole? Wow. Oh, um, yeah. I said it. Um, I'm going to say go and follow Chico. My boy Chico down in Texas. <laughs> Chico. Okay, it's not uh, that. I love Chico. I, I love Chico, and I'll tell you why. This guy, he makes some sweet stuff. I like his craftsmanship, but more than that, Chico goes to his church multiple times a week and teaches, I'm talking 9 to 16 or 18-year-old kids about woodworking. It's inspiring. And besides his work, just the kind of man he is makes me want to be better myself. So I would say go check out Chico, check out his page, uh, give it a like. Great guy, great content, and that's my uh, guy to follow. Yeah, you know what? I will. You you described it perfect because you gotta really appreciate just someone who's just a good person and who gives back like he does. If you've ever talked to Chico, he's you know. He, super nice laid back and i've got this ongoing thing with chico where i kind of bust on him a little bit because one time he shaved his beard and so i started to hashtag not my chico because <laughs> i needed i needed chico's beard back it just didn't work he didn't get the beard back and he came on one day and i said chico you don't have your beard get off get off my live and he's like no no I, i've got the beard back i'm like okay you could stay as long as you got the beard you could stay so Chico is good people and, you know, working with kids or just, you know, doing those, uh, those groups is pretty amazing. And just it's, so wait, you guys all know, it, well, it's Chico, Chico and his, 11. he's got like a carrot. Yeah. It's Chico 11. He's got a caricature of himself yeah. holding like a rigid drill. Yeah. Really but easy he's to got find. the beard, but he's got the beard in the, in the, in the picture. Why do you and care so happened? much about this guy's facial hair? It's kind of creepy. Cause I thought it was. Because it was funny because he's always had it and he did the sticker and that's his face. And right after he got the new logo, he shaved the beard. Yeah, but this is coming from a guy who made fun <laughs> of people for wearing flat-brimmed hats and you curve the crap out of your hats. And now look at I, you right now. Look at you right I, now. Flat-brimmed yeah, out. Look at, look at, oh, look at that curve. Don't try, look to at cover, that. don't try to cover up I got, now. I got them both ready to go. Okay, so Pete, let's ask each other. This is a common thing on every episode, one, two, and three. We ask our guests sure. th two yes or no questions uh, sure. since we don't have a guest. Um, I guess, you know what we'll do? I'll ask you yep. two yes or no questions. You ask me okay. two yes or no questions, and then I'll yep. ask one person that's still on our live a yes or no question, and you'll ask okay. one person that's still on our live a yes or no question. We'll end the show, like and then um, we'll see everybody for episode five. Also. Keep sharing using the hashtag uh, GrainKnockerNation, and we are putting all these entries in a bin. Okay, so if you keep sharing our page, we're putting it in a bin for our next giveaway. We don't. We have a couple of giveaways already set up, but we don't know which one will be next. But just have faith in us. Keep sharing. That's how you enter. If you repost, it's double the entries. Just want to throw it out there. Pete, yes or no? Ask away, buddy. Uh, yes or no? Your your building style in five years will be the same as it is now style or technique if i wanted to say technique i would have said technique okay style yes okay pete yes do you ever wake up sweaty in the middle of the night because you just had a dream that you woke up and you were a tall person no but i have woken up sweaty in the middle of the night but not because of a height issue Let's face it, when you're this low gravity-wise my whole entire life, you kind of get used to it. It doesn't really haunt me anymore. Okay, can I just ask my second question right away? Yeah, sure. Pete, yes or no, have you ever yes. fallen out of bed and yes. hit the ground? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. I, I, actually, I actually fell out of bed so bad one time, and it was I think it was like two years ago, that... Um, like I ruptured like a disc in my back. Thumb just said because of a one yeah. millimeter splinter. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that splinter was no joke, man. That splinter, I tell you, that, that splinter that messed was, up your whole week. Yeah, it did. Oh, dude, I'll tell you, I've never been in so much pain. Never, oh, never, never. Oh my God. I have to read this one. You get one more. Yes, yes or yeah, no. go ahead. I, 
This is from this is from Nick. I see it. This yeah, is I know, from I Key. See it. Go ahead. Go ahead. At <laughs> Key Woodworks. Pete. <laughs> yes or no? Does Pete have a shadow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's actually smaller than me, if you can believe that. All right, so three more weeks of winter. That was that was it. <laughs> like a Nicky asshole. <laughs> All right, what's my last oh, yes or no? Uh, yes or no, you'll you'll eventually expand and move out of your garage. Um, no, I'll answer no, but I'll I'll tell you why. So this for me is something that I really like to do. I really like to do it a lot. It's it's a way for me to express some of my art and building. My real passion in life is uh, the bar and restaurant industry, and I was in that for a long time, and I ran bars, nightclubs, and stuff like that, Um, and I want to open my own bar. This is by no means uh, a means to an end for me. I love doing it, and I'll do it for however long I love it, and then I'm the type of person where... If I don't love it, I'll just stop. That's why I say no. Can we go back a second and give props to uh to Nick for that that ball bust? No, that was perfect. that was an that was an A plus ball bust right there. That is on top of your game. That is someone who came prepared to a live show. That is material right there. Okay, well, that's as good. Pete, that's as good as it gets right there. Pete, he sets you up perfectly because yep. before he did that, we said we're gonna ask one of the remaining viewers. A yes or no question. So why don't you go ask him a yes or no question and bust some balls back? Yeah, you know I'm actually not going to. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the high road on this one. Boo! Uh, I'm at, I, I, no, I am. I'm gonna ask Nick something because you know what? Uh, I don't know if a lot of you guys you know know this, but Nick is a man of many talents. Nick also does photography. I've seen. He's that. actually got a he's got a page for photography, and I would like to for him to answer. Yes or no, Mr. Nick Keys, do you have another talent out there that the IG world is unaware of? Ooh, I like that. Hey, hold on a second, because this, this is why I love the people that follow us and interact with us. I say I'm taking the high road, and every single one of them, their first thought is, how is Pete taking the high road? We yeah. got rustic design. You can't, you can't Everyone, reach the high road. You can't reach the high yeah, road. Like I can't, okay, well, Nick says he's a videographer. Well, I know you were a photographer. He says photographer, and I just said that. So if he wasn't deaf, dumb, and stupid, he would have knew that I said he's a photographer. But he's a videographer. I didn't know that. I tell you, he's got, he's got crazy talent. Every time I turn around, he's got like something new. I'm like, damn, you got like eight jobs. Okay, so my yes or no question. Let me let me scroll through who's still on here. Ask Rustic Design. Well, why don't you just ask him, jerk dick? Rusticdesign.ca. It's a good thing you threw in the .ca. We already knew that you were Canada because you look stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, good thing you threw that in. So much yeah, for the yes. high road. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, yes or no, you how can I say this? Yes or no, you have a pair of balls. Really? What are you, an eighth grade moron? I am. Hey, uh, I'm really gonna burn you now. Do you have any balls? I don't know. I mean, I kinda already called him stupid, you know, oh. by how he looked. Rustic's <laughs> on here. Rustic's on here. Hi, Rustic. Oh, Amanda's on. Alright, Rustic. This question is for you, lady. Friend. Yes or no. When a company sends you a product to try and you hate it, will you just put it on Instagram as a courtesy for them sending it, even though you might not like it? Yes or no? No, I won't. Is your name Rustic Duck Furniture? I'm just, I'm throwing in my two cents. Wait for her answer. Do, 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 do. That's okay, Amanda. We got all night. Oh, she what said- do you mean? Hmm. <laughs> Pete, yes or no? Have you ever seen the top of <laughs> Have you ever seen the top of one of your tables? See, you know, I tell you, it, it it always comes back to me, and you know what? I I take it like a champ. Uh, I have on a step stool. Yes. Okay, so Rustic Duck answered. She says, "I'll post it and use it, but I'll tell you if it's any good." I like that. Uh, I can I ask a yes or no question to uh, Rustic Duck? Because I don't know if you follow uh, Rustic Duck on Facebook, but yes or no, Amanda, you're going to go 
kick some ass uh, of a certain ungrateful bastard that you made something for lately. Well, that was the worst thing I have ever read ever on Facebook. I don't know how I would be whipping ass on top of whipping ass. Hey, I wonder if that was about she was on live the other day and she was talking about one customer that she was probably going to go do that to and how inappropriate this guy has been to her. And I wonder if that's what that post was about. No, it wasn't. It was about how she did a very nice thing donating something only to find out that the person is now selling it to try to make a buck. Oh, Hell no. And I would lose my mind. No, my kids would be fatherless. I would go give him a piece of my little mind. Let me tell you. I would put on my big boy pants, my size 32 by 30s, and go hook it up. Your size 30s? You were a size 30? Yeah, my my, my, my jean size is a, is a 30. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's probably because it doesn't have much in it, huh? <laughs> Well, no, they're still kind of long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the it lengths sucks. are 30s? I thought you meant your yeah. waist. <laughs> no, no. Oh, don't even freaking lie. You don't wear a 30-inch long pant. You're like a 22. I, no, 30. And they're still a little long, but 30. I have cargo shorts from high school that would be pants on you. I still have cargo shorts from uh, from high school. Yeah, we know. they go, that You bought no, them the same no day you bought those it. glasses. No, that, dude, don't even hate. Why are you going to hate on my glasses? My glasses are on point. Dude, Yo, those glasses came out before the Matrix. Uh, did they? Yeah. I bought I bought them in 05. Well, let's go yeah, through 05. your timeline. Let's go through your timeline. 89, I, you bought the IROC. In 92, yep. you went to your first Alice in Chains show. In 96. No, I don't do it. No, no, no. Not, no, not Alice in Chains. Poison. That I don't do Alice in the 80s. Alice. That was in 90s. Poison. What about uh, Warrant? Are you a big Warrant fan? Oh, dude, I, who doesn't remember and love the Cherry Pie video? Oh, my God. Who was that girl? Bobby Brown. No, girl. That was the name. Not the, that was not, the girl. That was I'm her not name, asking Bobby for Brown. the name of the person who beat up Whitney. I'm talking about the chick in the video. That was her name. Her name is Bobby Brown. B-O-B-B-I. Bobby Brown is her name. It was like, meet me in the living room, meet me in the car. Great song. Yeah, I, dude, no one gave a rat's ass about the song, okay? All anyone cared about was her on the back of that car. People are asking when this show will be um, posted. Not for a while, because there's going to be 10 hours of editing. Oh, yeah, easily 10 hours of editing. Okay, no, ra random grain knocker pull question. Who has given you the most awkward handshake because of their hand was ginormous. Bears player Marty Booker, you know you know that name? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I do. The yeah. dude's hands, like he, I shook his hand and his uh, ring fin finger was tickling my elbow. That's a little creepy. Yeah. Anytime, an, anytime another man's hand is tickling you in any way, shape, or form, it's a little creepy. Coming, See, I tell a Coming I tell from a the story, guy with toys. Hold on a second. I tell a story, and then you take it a step further, step it over. You're a habitual line stepper. What? That's what you do. A habitual line stepper. You just always step over that line. Okay, two two key points that I need to bring up. Uh, key Woodwork yep. says ShopVac wants a tulip table. ShopVac could go screw themselves. Okay, so that's one point taken care of. Yep. Edwards Workshop says I make flags and donate them to police and fire departments. Let me tell you something about that. I am, as a little boy, I wanted to be a police officer, okay? I'm the only one that went to college and got a degree. I wanted to be a cop so bad that when I tried to play professional golf and that ended, I tried to get on. I blew up my ACL, and I tried to get on the sheriff's department, and I couldn't do the mile and a half time. I did everything else. I was like 40 seconds past the required mile and a half time. I love the police department. I love fire departments. My guys. I donate a lot of flags too. Here's the problem with donating flags. Everyone says if you donate it, you'll get tons of exposure. There's tons of people. I'll get, put your business cards out, do this. It doesn't do anything for your business. If you want to donate a flag to a fire department, do it because you do love it. the fire department. Do it because you love yeah, the police department. Yeah, do it because you want to. Yeah. yeah. Don't, the moment you expect business back from a kind gesture, one, it's kind of an asshole way to think. 
And two, it's bad karma. Just donate something because you want to donate it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, last year, I donated a bench to an elementary school. Uh, it was like the class gift. So, you know, they were like third graders and they were going to go in the fourth grade. But when you go in the fourth grade, they moved to another school. So they wanted to do a class gift and it was like a bench. And the school contacted me and asked like how much it would be. And I told them nothing. I would just make it and do it for free. Yeah, you're right. Like you can't, like I didn't do it with the mindset of getting more business or anything like that. I totally did it with the mindset of like the local towns around me have been so good to me. So it was just my way of giving back. And another school contacted me two weeks ago asking me something similar. And I told them that I would donate it. But you're right. It's a karma thing. You don't expect anything from it. Yeah. I mean, the karma is one aspect of it. If you, what I do, this is just what I do. When I donate a piece, family in need, they always ask, can you leave a card or a bunch of cards, a bunch of flyers so people can take it and contact you? I say, and I always say now, no, that's okay. That's not what I'm doing it for. You'll be amazed on how much more that person will talk about you, then your cards will get you a response. Again, not the way to think. It's just what I've like experienced doing it. Yeah, no, I agree, man. And I think for the most part, I think that I think that the majority of the people who donate things donate them because they want to. I, I think that the people who donate to expect things are relatively few and far between. You know, yeah. I'm I'm sure there is I'm sure that there are there are some out there that have ulterior motives. But I bet you for the most part, and we've talked with enough people, you know, in this community to kind of know the, you know, just the type of uh, person that they are. I, I would I would say most of them think the same way that you do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Um, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I think that we touched on a lot of sweet points. I think I have a lot of editing, yeah, we did. editing to do. Yeah. You, def- um, you definitely have a lot of editing to do. You- everybody that's on the Green Knockers Live right now, thank you so much for joining us, participating. We are going to figure out ways to make this experience better for us and you. So I know I know yeah. it's not perfect yet, but dude, it, I had a blast. Thank you so much for chiming in. Pete appreciates it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, wait. I am the beardless man. Just came in. Where were you at 930? Yeah, seriously, um, you know, allow me to just jump in real quick. Definitely. Thank you to all of you out there for interacting with us, for jumping on the live, for staying with us. It's without a doubt a learning curve for all of us. And we're experimenting with different things to try to make the podcast experience a little different, a little bit more fun and a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, But without you guys, it's nothing. So thank you so much uh, for all the support you guys are showing us and the support you showed us tonight. He is William Patrick Customs. I am Furniture by Pete. Together we are Grain Knockers, and we'll see you next time on Episode 5. Grain Knocker Nation!